Welcome to the Your Bard Podcast, a brand new podcast by Shakespeare North Playhouse. Each episode, we grab a drink at one of our locals in Prescott and chat to our guests about all things theatre, the arts, and of course, the bard himself. Join us as we chat to a range of guests, from directors and actors to local curators and historians. Grab a drink, pull up a chair and settle in to the Your Bard podcast. In this final episode of season one, we chat to Ellie Hurt, director of Shakespeare North Playhouse's A Christmas Carol. Lovingly adapted for the stage by writer Nick Lane, this production is Dickens like you've never seen before. A fast, furious and wacky musical retelling of the original text, but with a distinctly Prescott feel. Having received multiple four and five star reviews, this production is a must see and is running until the 7th of January. Our resident spoken word artist Charlie Staunton is this episode's interviewer. A writer and performer of spoken word for nearly 10 years, Charlie is also an experienced producer, facilitator, actor, director and musician. His performances tell stories that keep you hooked through intricate wordplay and rhymes. And his work has been commissioned by the likes of the BBC, Channel 4 and the National Trust. And has been heralded for his sensitive, comedic and playful style. He also runs our Itch and Scratch Spoken Word Nights that run throughout the year for new and experienced spoken word artists. You can find out more about Itch and Scratch on our website. So join us as we chat to director Ellie Hurt. Hello, this week you're here with me, Charlie Staunton. Um, I'm the resident spoken word artist here at the Shakespeare North Playhouse. And we are lucky enough to be joined by the director of our amazing Christmas show, Ellie Hurt. Ellie, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Have you had a lovely Christmas and everything so I've far? I've had a lovely Christmas. I've Did seen the manage... show too many times. I'm sure you probably have. Did you guys <laughs> get some time to go home and stuff and see your family and that yeah yeah it was really nice thank you then I was oh, back nice. bringing all my fa- family here on the day after boxing day <laughs> it must have been quite a busy period for you leading up to Christmas day yeah. and subsequently from then as well yeah but then during a Christmas show you, you'd feel Christmassy in like April so I like felt Christmassy <laughs> like, <laughs> like as soon as you were doing the, the designs year. and the yeah. ideas yeah yeah um, like because... why are we talking about tinsel in March like it's so funny <laughs> and Shall we start off with, maybe you can tell us a little bit about yourself and you can tell yeah. us how long you've been working in theatre, what's been your journey. I mean, I know a few things and I've seen a couple yeah. of other bits of your work as well, but I'm sure the audiences listening to this would love to hear more about you. Yeah, um, so I, I originally wanted to be an actor and then tried to get into loads of drama schools, didn't get to any of them. And then went, decided to do a uni course instead, so I did drama at John Moores in Liverpool. Um, so and then just stayed in Liverpool really because like everyone else does they just love Liverpool as a city um especially as a student it's just there's so much going on it's so vibrant there's so much like arts and culture and stuff so I just like fell in love with the people and I remember getting in a taxi on the way to my like accommodation that I first got there and literally by the end of it I was like do I know them because they're chatting to me and I literally I walked out I got out of the cab and they're like oh see you well and I was like how do you know what how are we friends? Like, this is so much. <laughs> well, like, I just love Scalsgate. They are the friendliest people alive. Then, I know. It's yeah. Nuts. Everyone's the same thing. It's so, like, it's so true, though. Like, even though it's a cliche, it's like, it's so true. Um, and, yeah, just, like, fell in love with the city, wanted to stay, and then I kind of started doing acting in uni, and then um, I actually had a horrible experience in a show once where I was, like, made to, I was, like, made to kiss this guy who was a proper, had, a, had a problem with women and it was a bit of a misogynist to be honest and it was quite a horrible experience and I was like I never want to be in a situation again where I'm made to do what I don't want to what I don't want to do and I thought I could read the room better than this and I could deal with that better and I, I can em- 
empathize with people better and I was like I think I want to be on the other side of it like being in control of that and making sure that no one ever has to go through something like that and it's mm. like makes it an enjoyable experience and stuff so then I kind of did it by accident what moving over to directing and kind of like always was bothered about the bigger picture of something rather than what I was doing so I was like I think that's probably a telltale sign I don't care about what I'm doing um, <laughs> and then and then just did some stuff in uni kind of like assisting on shows and then did the young directors course at the everyman um which kind of like changed everything for me because I got to kind of have like a space to like have a go at it and like fail mm. and nobody was watching it was just great and we got to meet I got to meet um Natasha Patel who's like a producer I work with loads now because she's on the young producers course and it was just like the most amazing kind of network of loads of different people who yeah there's quite a few people quite a few yeah. people came through that every man young there's a young writers program yeah. as well wasn't there and young directors yeah, and, and young and young yeah something else and it, it was like this whole hub of people and now in the city there's like all these people like oh they went to yet they went to yet they went yeah they went to yet it's amazing actually it's like we all did we all came from this course that run by tom and matt which is amazing um and then just got to assist on uh fiddle on the roof and the rep company there when they did that in 2017 and then just assisted like kind of regionally in, um like the octagon in bolton and the story house in chester and stuff like that and then um got a gig assisting at the national in london and just kind of like worked my way up did loads of assisting that's kind of how i've learned everything mm. kind of went on to a, being an associate and then ended up doing my own thing now so it's taken a while though <laughs> how long would you say it's 10 been years. 10 years about, about t- well, 10 years till i'm directing my own stuff like it is yeah i remember someone saying to me like it's going to take 10 years some like some director said that his agent said that to him he was like that's what you really want to do it's going to take 10 years and he was like yeah whatever and then he was like no it did yeah she took 10 years and <laughs> I realised it the other day. I was like, it's actually taking ten years. But along the way, obviously, I've done, I've worked in the in the theatre world, which has been lovely. But yeah, to actually do my own stuff, it's taken a good few years. of just and how does it feel <laughs> now that you're, you're finally here? I mean, like uh, our gig, the first Christmas scary. show ever at the Shakespeare North Playhouse. That's a big gig to have, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit. I mean, very. I was felt a lot of pressure to be honest. <laughs> I was like, it has to be good because <laughs> you want people to come back in the building again. It's like the first. A lot of people's like first experience of. Like a Christmas show here and like yeah it's just felt like a lot and I think because it's up north as well and I've been here for so long I'm just like oh it's everybody I know and I've kind of grown up watching and admiring their work who are going to come see it it just felt very mm. exposing <laughs> but <laughs> like that's very like that's what it was like as soon as you get a good team around you you're like oh I'm fine <laughs> and you're all right yeah definitely I mean obviously these Christmas Carol is a show that's been probably been being put on for over 150 years so could you tell us a little bit more about this version of the Christmas Carol and um, how it maybe differs to other productions that people might have seen before or other productions that you've seen before yeah it's um it's very very different it's uh very funny it's we're getting a lot of comments at the moment they're like oh it's not what I expected but it's really good that's what they said that's what people said about Midsummer Night's Dream as well so you know that's the brand that's the brand of the building at the moment I think yeah that's really exciting that that. is really exciting yeah it's like reimagining yeah and defy expectations and you know people are going to think certain things before they get to the place and it's always going to be better than they expect I think Exactly. We got a lovely tweet from someone who's like, I went in feeling like Scrooge and came out wanting a mulled wine and feeling really Christmassy. So I think we managed Amazing. to win everybody over by the end of it. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous adaptation by Nick Lane, um, who's an amazing comedy writer who really just understands kind of 
people and humor and all that kind of stuff and he he's kind of taken christmas carol but set it in prescott so he, he came to spend some time here on the high street and he made friends with um some women in a cafe and they told him all about kind of the prescotians and the the stuff that uh the, the myths and the legends of the place and the people here the kind of um, the things that really stick out to people and I think that you can you can really feel that in the script you can feel that he's been here you can feel that he's not just gone let's just put the word Prescott in a song title and say yeah. it's now here did he, he write the, did he write the people. songs as well no they... Sam Slater wrote this music right. um so he wrote the music but we changed a little bit of it because obviously they said it was originally written as the Scarborough in 2017 so we had to change all the kind of lyrics and stuff that were about Scarborough to here but it wasn't just that it was like updating the text a little bit and like obviously we changed the Ghost of Christmas Future to be a Scouser and all stuff like that so we kind of had a, a, a like a, a laugh and a lot of fun kind of working out how we make it really feel like it's from here and mm. for the people here and all that kind of stuff so it's it's yeah it's very it feels very local but it also feels really charming and all, it's got all the stuff you want in A Christmas Carol and the really moving story and it's got all the kind of stuff for adults but then it's got all this gorgeous kind of playfulness of multi-rolling and like having four unreal amazingly talented performers who can like play a load of instruments uh, whilst also singing, whilst also dancing about, whilst also changing character. It's like so <laughs> amazing. Like just their, to watch their skill on stage is incredible and I think that's the magic of the show is those people in it because they're becoming everybody else and I think that's probably what makes it really special is that it's four people playing everybody in the story including everybody in the Cratchit family so it's kind of that's the magic of the show I think is watching the skill of them really come alive and feel like you're part of it especially like in a space where the audience are literally part of the story and they're in with you you can't ignore them like we had someone sneezing today and we had to say bless you because we're like you're, we're, you're here with us we're not ignoring you <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's definitely got a sort of gig theatre sort of vibe which is which is interesting for you I think because yeah. one of the last shows of yours that I saw was murder ballads which oh, is yeah. obviously very much a similar yeah. the actors are playing music music on the stage they're yeah. multi-rolling and all that sort of stuff would you say that that is the sort of work that you want to make continuously or is yeah. it just seems to be what you've fallen into over the like the last few bits that you've worked on yeah I kind of I kind of accidentally fell into it with murder ballads but I've since been like in awe of it and like I think because I'm not very musical mm. I'm like I, I'm so appreciative of the skill and the talent and the time it takes to learn an instrument and be that good at it and I think that I'm like oh just because I I'm not musical so I'm like you I'm totally in awe of what you can create and just kind of yeah create in a room and I just think there's nothing more magical than watching someone and there's a reason why people go to gigs it's like someone picking up an instrument and playing it and making this amazing sound and then putting and mixing that with theatre is like to me it's just like it's absolutely gorgeous like the most sublime thing in the whole world so I think I've, I've kind of fell into it by accident and, and I'm not very musical so I obviously can't get that much involved and it all sounds great to me even when they're out of tune I'm like yay wow like, like that was the worst we've ever done it and I'm like I didn't notice it was great but I think I think it's all it all stems from like having people on your team and in your company that like can't that you can't that you can't do what they can do so you've got to bring them on board and it's got all all these people with all these skills who could do loads of different things that you can't do and you could never do by yourself so I think mm. it's like it, I think it all comes from wanting to work with amazing people and see what they can do and kind of help them bring out their best work even if I can't do it <laughs> myself I think <laughs> amazing and in terms of like the inspiration for your ideas for this production where did you sort of find those or where do you find your um inspiration as a director in general 
has probably come from watching Knee High when I was about nine years old in the Eden Project. And I'm just being blown away and being like, people can do this as a job. And they were like bouncing off. I watched Tristan and Yazult when I was younger. And I've watched it since like five times. And it, it, like they they were jumping on mattresses onto the stage and they involved the audience and there were songs. So they were kind of like my style. I think my kind of style is in like, you can be minimalist and you can be playful and it doesn't, you can involve people and the audience. and It doesn't have to feel like this, you know, you're behind this curtain somewhere watching people do this amazing thing. So I think that was like my, that's made me want to do it all. But I think like inspiration for shows is like watching loads of stuff and you're, you're being like a magpie every time you see something. You're like, I want to do that. I want to use that. I want to, I want to do something like that. I want to make people feel like that. And then I think it's just like having the people in the room, like having like someone like Grace Goldie, who's an amazing choreographer and movement director, like we'll sit looking at a scene and be like, God, what do we do with that? And she'll be like, time goblins. And I'll be like, yes, time goblins. And then we'll just do this whole thing about time goblins. So it's like of having course. people just like bounce off <laughs> The solution ideas. to most, yeah. most problems, not? time goblins. Obviously yeah. it's time goblins. Yeah, obviously. So it's, I think it's like being with other, I just love watching other people work and, and working out how they're going to, watching them come up with stuff and bouncing off their ideas so I think it all it all comes from again having the right people in the room who like kind of share your kind of work ethic I guess and how you want to play Mm. and kind of letting people just be like free to kind of take risks and stuff so I think my inspo like ultimately comes from just being being with a load of people in the room and watching them so you find it sort of quite a collaborative (laughs) process then you'd say sort of generally yeah totally and like I think everybody's brain in the room is 100 times better than whatever I could come up with by myself like I can come up with like oh I want it I want to have a washing line or I want to do this with this but like every then it takes like the designer and the actors to come up with their own like version of it I think just everybody kind of chipping in and having ownership of what that what those ideas are just makes everything like infinitely more meaningful anyway than anything I could do just to tell someone to stand somewhere and say it talking a certain accent I think it's like it has to come from them to actually mean anything I think Mm. And speaking of the the actors, the cast members, there's only four of them, obviously, but um, they're all yeah. so brilliant, and they're they're doing loads of different things on stage, playing loads of different instruments, t- telling the story, all the different characters. Um, was it a challenge yeah. to define each individual character? Would you say, or what was that process like? Yeah, it was. It was kind of. I think it wasn't. It was. It was a challenge. But it was exciting at being like, who who could this person be? <laughs> this number 13 character, we're on. You've done 12 already. <laughs> like, who's this going to be number 13? So it's quite, it's just like, it's, it was really exciting. I think um, Grace, our movie director, did loads of work with them on like the language of the play before we even looked at our own characters. So mm. she just kind of spent a good two days just looking at how you multi-bowl and how you go in and out of it and like reacting off each other and playing bits of music and seeing how they respond and like coming up with characters and how they move and like working from the outside in as well as the other way and so I think that kind of set up a premise of like look we can play and we can have a go and we take risks and we have to set be set on an idea so we kind of like gave, gave ourselves the kind of um the kind of rule of like yeah come up with stuff but you don't have to be stuck with it so someone could be like I really think this person should move like this or it's feeling this way and we're like we'll have a go at it so we just kind of like have a go and if it didn't work we change it so I think it's kind of um it just shows the kind of the kind of lovely kind of vibe of the rehearsal room I guess and how people just can felt like they could take risks and try out something and it doesn't matter if it didn't work or if it didn't sound right we try it again and try something else so but it's been so so much fun to kind of work out because a lot of them are obviously written to be so funny and larger than life mm. and it's like to, to have a go at stuff like that like being a go to Christmas future like for Eddie was like 
oh my god how you're gonna look so cool you're coming out you're using an iphone to do all your lives like it's how funny <laughs> so it's like it's that you take all little nuggets of information that you get in the writing and then they kind of then springboard off that and kind of make it their own so it's quite nice because you see what it is on the page and obviously like i've kind of version of it in my head but then by the time it gets to the audience seeing it it's gone through this whole kind of evolution of like what the actors think what grace has put on it what jess has put on with their voice and the, the music what the costume looks like so i think it's kind of it's kind of a real kind of work of art by the time everybody sees it and been like it's been through all these different kind of changes to get to the, that point so it's yeah it, it's been it is it is a hard hard show but it kind of and it's taken the work to make it look effortless <laughs> i think is what I'm and to be doing that every single day at so high energy like fair play to all of you for you know getting it to that point and fair play oh to the customers themselves they must be so tired yeah it's crazy <laughs> I know. They were like, Ellie, we never leave the stage. I'm like, I know, I'm so sorry. Like, but I mean, speaking of the stage, how has it how has it been working up. in that how yeah. has it been working in that stage space? Because it's in the round still at the moment, obviously in the cockpit in, in the building. The staging yeah. is still in the round. So what was really great about Midsummer Night's Dream was the fact that even if you were say at the back, you weren't really at the back where you like what less than five meters yeah. from the edge of the stage no, really personal with the with the actors so how how did they how do you think they found yeah. that experience of being sort of constantly on on show and um able to interact with the audience and not being too far and everyone feeling like they're really involved yeah i think it actually makes the kind of bond with and the kind of feeling with the audience way kind of stronger like you, you've got nowhere to hide you've got to like someone's always looking at you even when you're like not the focus of a scene even when your back is towards them they're always looking at you so it's like mm. you've got to constantly be aware of that and, and was that easy to incorporate into the rehearsal they, yeah I, I think so I think they've all um I think working around is just an excuse to kind of really involve everybody. So I think mm -hmm. we kind of took it as an opportunity rather than a hindrance, I think. And was like, you've got someone right next to you when you say that. So why don't you say it to them? Or like, how, how do you make this look interesting from that direction as well as that direction? And like the door with Jacob Marley, it's like, we knew we had to have a door and we knew we had to just have his head poking out. But it's like, how do you do it in the round? It's like, we'll just have a piece of door. <laughs> it's quite <laughs> nice working out all those problems. I think for the actors, it's like, automatically you've got this bond because they see everything you're doing and they see the little mistakes and they see the time that you drop the inkwell or they see that your voice yeah. went a bit weird on that bit or they see like that you had to cough before you said that so it's like i think it creates this kind of like we've got you we see you do it but it's fine we're still with you it's okay it's like making it really human and like really mm. part of it i think because the whole world of our version of it is like a play within a play they've got this room to kind of be like i'm just someone playing all these these different characters so it's really funny if we make, make a mistake or and so i think you just get to see the bare bones of it and all the mechanics of it and with the trap door placings and stuff some people get to see them calling in so you feel really special like today i was like even when they look at me in the audience and i'm done the show with them i'm like i feel so special i feel like a little, <laughs> a little kid i'm like giggling every time they look at me because you just feel like so part of it if if all of a sudden these actors on stage only four of them one is looking at you when they say this joke it's like oh, i'm with you i'm with you so it's like it's yeah it's not i don't think it's been it's, it has it's always going to be challenging trying to make sure everybody gets a really good view of it but it's also yeah. been like a kind of a kind of like oh, what a treat that we get to kind of share this with someone who's really close all the time which is again, you know, harking back to the previous show that was in that space is the same. It's yeah. lovely that that same vibe is running through 
the main yeah. house productions and the idea that the space is supposed to be for the community everything all the work that we do is supposed to be for the community yeah. and it's really allowed us to do that yeah. there's a moment in the production where scrooge hears the voices of people facing hardships and difficult times so those were actually the voices of members of the local community weren't they so can you tell yeah. tell us about what it was like getting those voices and why it was important to include that in the show you think yeah so we we knew we had this moment in the show that was like the crux of, of what this whole show is and because the rest of it is absolutely bonkers yeah we were like we have to hit home with one moment which is what this one moment is what the show is all about it's about greed it's about the class divide and the rich staying rich and all that kind of stuff that christmas carol everyone knows christmas carol is about and we were like we we have to kind of make sure this um is is relevant and actually and it, in the midst of all this humor and laughing we actually stop people for a second and they realize what this what the show is about before moving on really quickly into the next thing so not dwelling on it too long but we knew we had to say it we were just like what is this box like what is our version of this box what is like mm -hmm. the prescott christmas carol version of this box grace works a lot with aid to wall in heighton um, which is a food bank and we were just having a, me and grace having a chat one day about what this box actually is and it's like well it's the people isn't it that we were just discussing what we could do with it um physically and we were kind of saying well we could uh, it's all these, you know, it's all these people that, that have been let down. And then we were like, it's a bit like now, like how everybody's getting locked down with the cost of living crisis and, uh, you know, poverty is like uh, such a high point right now. And we're like, well, it's happening now, the same parallels that were in his book. And there's a reason why everybody across the country is doing Christmas Carol at the moment. And it's because it's so, it feels so kind of potent now. So I think we were like, we have to say something even in our version of it. So um, Grace and Ernie, our sound designer, they went out to the local Prescott High School and interviewed some young people there about what people are going through right now. And then when they went up the high street, interviewed local businesses and they chatted to us about it, about what was going on and how it's affecting their business. So I think it's kind of like it's so specific that it's universal. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you make yeah. it so specific to here and now and what's going on now, it kind of is what everyone's going through like as a collective. So that's what I makes it more believable, isn't kind of, it? Really, the fact that yeah. it's specific and and it's proven to be from this place happening in this time right now. That's what makes it truthful. Yeah. Than if you'd done a sort of exactly wider commentary on the state of the country, for example. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then we knew we we knew we had to say it and say it and move on quickly because of what the feeling of the show and what it is but we knew we mm. had to say it and then we knew we wanted to connect it with actually helping so which is why we, we were talking about and we've now got a, a donation point for the food bank in the theatre so it's kind of like it all kind of came together as in like this is what the show's actually about yeah we'll provide you with an, this amazing celebration of like community and um, togetherness but we'll also like you can actively help somebody by by something in this building by being in this building and donating so it was a really like kind of humbling way to kind of connect the whole show together with what's going on right outside the door and then in, in turn like what's going on everywhere I guess so it's kind of our way of kind of tapping into that. Definitely I think it's a really poignant sort of moment in the show and, and also like you say bringing it back to the joy and stuff really works with the pace of, of everything that's going on it's funny that so many traditions were started in victorian yeah. times anyway christmas ones like christmas cards uh, and certain yeah. christmas party games and christmas trees yeah. and all that sort of stuff so it is really what yeah. what would you say that you is the, the main thing that you want audiences to take away from a christmas carol this production of it community is probably the biggest word i think mm. it's like we see scrooge at the start of this like ignoring a charity worker ignoring him, and then ignoring bob cratchit who works for him and doesn't realize the kind of what's going on behind out of his tiny world so i think it's kind of like opening your eyes to kind of realizing there's loads of people 
in need and that but actually like also being together in a time like this is so important just come and be with each other yeah. after this horrible mad few years that we've yeah. had come and be in this gorgeous theatre together with the people you love I think that would probably be what I want people to take away from it and just have you know enjoy a snowball fight as well I think that's probably a very important point to make uh, one of the best bits <laughs> yeah Whose idea, was, whose idea was that? Worm, or is that written into the script? Or I mean, the time worm is the one thing that I it think was so in. many people have. So many people <laughs> I tell about the time worm and they're just like, like looking at me what? as if I've gone mental. Yeah, but um, ridiculous. make sure you come, ridiculous. And, like... come and see the time worm if you haven't seen it already, people listening <laughs> at home. Um, so you've obviously had a fantastic time doing this show, but what's, uh, what's next? What are you looking forward to in the new year? I'm moving on to Shakespeare. after a bit at Shakespeare North, doing Hamlet for Young People at the National in London. So I'm going there in January. So it'd be a nice change. There's also ghosts in that one as well. Ah, Uh, And it's also for young, it's for primary school age. So we do Hamlet in like an hour and a condensed version. And then we take it to tour. We tour and we're actually coming to Knowsley. I think it's in March or April. Oh, fantastic. Because we we tour schools first. Yeah, before we do it in the Dorfman and the National. So... Moving on to that, so I'm still stuck with ghosts, but I'm doing a bit of Shakespeare <laughs> next, but for young people. So spooky I think really, Shakespeare it's really vibes. You can't like, yeah, spooky Shakespeare vibes. And you can't like, when it's primary school kids as well, as, as I've learned in this show as well, with all the young people have watched, you can't, they're, they're really honest. And they're going to tie if they don't enjoy it. And they're going to look bored and they're going to ask if they want to go. So you've got yeah. to keep them entertained with Hamlet and what he gets up to. <laughs> oh, that's great. Because we do a spooky Shakespeare workshop, actually, that involves uh, sort of a retelling of Hamlet in the building. And that always goes down really yeah. well. Yeah. So um, maybe some oh. opportunities for collaboration. With I need that. to come to that. Yeah. Come along. Get some. Because yeah. Emily, oh God, Emily, who runs those um, workshops, she's really, really good at that sort of stuff because she was a teacher for quite a long time. Yeah. So she knows how to keep them. Wow. Engaged yeah, on the I need to come and get some ghostly inspo then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice. Well, um, I'll leave you with one final question, Ellie. We'd usually ask if you could have a pint with anyone from Shakespeare, um, Shakespeare's work, who would you have a pint with? But it will change that yeah. to if you could have a pint with any of the characters from A Christmas Carol, who would you have a pint with and why? Oh, my God. Okay. Um Okay. Do you know what? I would take Bob Cratchit out for a pint because he deserves, he deserves it. it. He deserves it. And I'd just be like, you've had a hard life with Scrooge. Thank God he's, you know, and I'll talk to him about his family. And I'll, we'll sing songs because he loves, he's he got his own little Christmas song. He loves Christmas. And, and then we'll give, him Christmas a, and we just give him a, a lo- goose lovely to go home time. with afterwards as well. Yeah, give him a goose. That's what I was yeah. going to say. Yeah, I've got the goose ready in the bag. Have the goose ready in the, in the bag. I'm going to take, yeah, send him the goose. Just say, look, I suspect your boss, I suspect so, your yeah. boss is not going to give you one of these. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you yeah. go. Because I could have said something more interesting. Like, I could have had a part of the future so I could see the future, but I don't want to see the future. I don't want to know. No, I don't leave, it, leave it a mystery. Leave it a mystery. I'll stick with Bob. I think you only yeah. really should yeah. know the future Bob if you're fun. in, you know, the situation where you're a terrible person yeah. and you need to be told the future. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. you exactly. maintain it in a terrible yeah. way. Funny, learned. really. There's, there's got to be a story really. about that somewhere. <laughs> being yeah, performed this christmas soon. yeah <laughs> oh yeah there is it's a christmas carol and it's here at the shakespeare north playhouse until when wow, is the final show it's here. the 7th of january until the 7th the of january one. that it's is the last one it yeah. has come around quick we promise I mean, it's a lot of fun 
yeah, it is a fantastic show. I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. Thank you very much for your time today, Ellie. We Thank really appreciate you. it. Well done on Thank all you so your hard much. work for the show. Um, Thank you. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you again soon. This podcast was hosted by Charlie Staunton and produced by Neve McLaughlin, with a special thanks to the Christmas Carol cast and crew. We hope you have a happy new year and we'll see you in 2023 for season two.